1: Welcome to the Pirates of the Caribbean Minute, a daily podcast where we analyze, scrutinize, and plunder Pirates of the Caribbean films, one blimy minute at a time. I'm Scott Artis from Journal.com.
0: And I'm Heather Artis from BlackPearlMinute.com.
1: Thanks for joining us for Minute 50 of The Curse of the Black Pearl. I've been spending some time hanging out on the Movies by Minute Makers group on Facebook, and it is crazy how much the genre has taken off. This whole Movies by Minute format? We were in our own little bubble when we started this show, but... We didn't realize that there were so many more shows out there. It's like a cliche to say, but there really is something for everyone who enjoys the show format. We've mentioned a number of them on the show before, like Jurassic Park Minute, Goonies Minute, Lord of the Rings Minute, Harry Potter Minute, Indiana Jones Minute, and of course, Star Wars Minute, the mega hit. But a few others out there include Airport Minute, there's Alien, Spinal Tap, The Fifth Element Minute, Disney Animation Minute, and so many more. Somehow we'll try and give everyone a shout-out at some point, but I think it's time we get on to the Pirates. So if you haven't yet subscribed, make sure you do that so you don't miss an episode of our show. You can check them out, but always make sure that you're returning home to your true pirate ship here. As for Pirates of the Caribbean, since that's what we're here for, do you have anything as a nod to the 50 years of Pirates of the Caribbean ride at Disneyland?
0: I do, actually.
1: Ye come seek an adventure in salty old pirates, Eh? Sure, you've come to the proper
0: place. But keep a weather eye open, mates, and hold on tight. With both hands, if you please. There be squalls ahead, and Davy Jones waiting for them what don't obey. You know the mastrate The magistrate.
1: Nobody should be masterating <laughs> out there. <Arr>! <laughs>
0: <laughs> no. The magistrate that they're dunking into the well... You know, not know of the ride. Personal. I don't you know him him personally, the but yeah, I've seen them. Okay, they had that a problem. They're trying to figure out they can't keep dunking a nightshirt into a well all day long, all night. You know, all the <laughs> time because it'll end up smelling. Yeah.
1: yeah, so I don't think, to be honest with you, that those people there really have a good sense of smell. So it's probably okay if it smells. They
0: they don't want the bride to
1: stink. All of a sudden, all the animatronic guys are coming out going, my God, it smells, we can't do this anymore.
0: And that's another thing because of the animatronics. And, you know, then can't can't keep dunking that stuff. And so they tried to come up with an idea as to how to solve that problem, how to make him look wet, but without dunking him in water all the time. Oh, uh uh-huh. So they actually soaked his nightshirt in mineral oil. To make it look wet all the time. Oh, no kidding. So it's not wet. It's just huh. oily. <laughs> oily.
1: Very cool.
0: Yeah. And our full figure gal in the Bio bride. Okay. Okay. You know the full figure yeah. gal? Uh, Maybe. She's kind of standing up a little. On, on the ride, she's kind of up a little on an upper level. Okay. Okay. So if this gal was real life. She'd actually weigh 300 pounds. Really? Yes. So it said that they get the best for their money if they actually grab her rather than one of the the redhead.
1: (laughs) That's pretty cool.
0: (laughs) And sorry, guys, the redhead is a pole from the waist down, or actually used to be. So when we reviewed the ride again on YouTube... Yeah. It actually, she's holding up her dress now, and there are legs down there now. Yeah, so
1: they're constantly expanding and changing little bits of detail, but it was originally a pole. But she used
0: to be a pole from the waist down, Hmm. and the dress, you know, they could just put stuff under the dress and make it billow out and make it look like normal.
1: Yeah. Wow. Okay. Sounds good. So those are my pirate facts facts for the day. In the previous minute, Norrington gets the incredibly bad news from the lowly steersman that Jack Sparrow has disabled a rudder chain. As he bows his head in shame, gets verbally bitch slapped by his officer saying Jack is the best pirate he has ever seen. And they manage to sink all hope by crushing Gillette's longboat. Jack and Will sail towards the horizon and begin a one-sided bonding exercise that began with Will telling Jack he is not a simpleton and ended with Jack saying he knew his father. Minute 50 begins with Captain Jack Sparrow telling Will Turner that he was probably one of the few who knew him as William Turner. Everyone else just called him Bootstrap or Bootstrap Bill. The minute ends with Jack telling Will who's now hanging on the boom over the water, you can accept that your father was a pirate and a good man. This minute really has some interesting philosophy going on here. There's something interesting here that I picked up on that shows the difference between the philosophy of Jack and that of Will and maybe even Norrington. Jack says, good man, good pirate. What it shows me is Jack doesn't live in this black and white world. Pirate doesn't make one bad. You can be both a good man and a good pirate. It's maybe this idea of honor amongst thieves kind of deal. There's no one or the other. You can be both. Whereas Will and Norrington, however, are more this black and white kind of issue, philosophy, vision type of people. Pirate is bad. You know, like a caveman. Pirate Pirate is bad. (laughs) You know, you can't be a good man and a pirate in their eyes. If you're a pirate, you're a bad person. Yeah. That's it. And we saw this with Norrington, who was willing to hang Jack even after saving Elizabeth. Right. Elizabeth falls in the same philosophy, I think, as Jack pirate doesn't automatically make you bad or evil it's just a characteristic of you but it's not necessarily encompassing who you are as a person the whole thing you know you can be multiple things but norrington and will really are stuck in this black and white ideology Uh if you are a pirate you are bad that's it you should be killed you should be hanged there's no ifs ands or buts really right I think this is why Will looks really confused when Jack says he knew his father. In fact, he knew his father as bootstrapped. That just like boggled his mind. Yeah, it did. I mean, you can just see on his face, on Will's face. You can just see on Will's face he's having trouble accepting the truth of who his father was. And draws his sword to even refute the claim. I mean, he is just... <laughs> he, what the hell yeah. are you doing? It's an insult to him. It's an insult to his family. And it's like the robot that you give the unanswerable question to. It starts to get all flustered because it can't compute. And then the smoke comes out and the robot explodes. That's what you almost expect Will to do here at this particular moment. Yeah. It's like he's acting out of frustration. And it's interesting because we see this black and white. They're talking. So when you look at it from that point of view, you can almost say that Jack is like at this higher level of being than Will and Norrington, who are more at this black and white level. And then you get Jack even elevating himself over Will again, establishing his dominance by calling him son, just like he did with Gillette. Yeah. It's, hey, son, you know, what are you doing? I know what I'm doing. Just call Matei here. Right. And, you know, so he's throwing in some of those small words. It's like a microaggression or something (laughs) against against Will and Norrington or Gillette when he's talking him to like that.
0: Well, it's like Jack is... Everybody's equal type of person. You know, we're all equal. We're all, we're all good. And mm, that's Will, interesting Will because that's and like Norrington, the... are, everybody is not equal. Yeah. And you see that in Norrington, not even just pirates. You also see it with other classes. Look at the way he treats Will.
1: Yeah, that's right.
0: You know, so it's all, it's, it's just the everybody's equal and everybody's not equal thought.
1: I mean, maybe we're going to be talking about some of that Will becoming a pirate thing. Or we did talk about Will Will becoming a pirate. pirate. But it's interesting you say that everybody is kind of on equal footing with Jack versus how Norrington and Will see the world. Where Will sees himself below Norrington, Elizabeth, Governor Swan, but he sees himself above Jack. Yeah. Because he really kind of has himself in this place, in this societal Uh structure, this hierarchy here. Whereas Jack... Sees everybody as equal, like you were saying, which is a really interesting point. And because he sees that anybody can become a pirate. Right. Or a pirate can become anything he wants. It really is an interesting twist of the Enlightened One is not necessarily the high society Governor Swan Commodore. It's the lowly pirate.
0: Right. And also on a pirate ship, everybody pretty much is equal. Yeah. Right?
1: Well, they all get a share. Yeah, they they divide things equally.
0: Yeah, they're pretty much all equal on the pirate ship. They have a vote
1: to who elect the captain.
0: Right. Yeah. So that's the way Jack lives.
1: That's right. That is a good point. And
0: chooses to live. Whereas Norrington and Will don't live such a life. They live in a world where everybody is separate by class.
1: Yeah. And Will Turner is also obsessed with the law and this code of engagement, doing what's right. Yeah. It comes back to this black and white philosophy if it's right, it's right, and if it's wrong, it's wrong. There's no in between for that. He's he really is really regimented when it comes to that, which makes him kind of like Norrington, which yes. he doesn't necessarily like.
0: Right now, I have that Will is being rash again, and pull, when he pulls the sword on Jack, uh-huh. I think he really needs to learn to control his emotions. And think before he actually acts. Yeah, he's like
1: a little kid that just <laughs> yeah. acts out. He doesn't really think things through just, on that. Yeah. So Norrington was right to a point, And so you want kind of that rash person who's just going to jump at the excitement and jump at something to, to save. But sometimes you need the person who's not just going to do that. So you can actually say, oh, wait, before I jump, I should have looked because now there's pointy sticks below. Right. Or jagged rocks. Yeah. So there is a place for both. And I think that's again where Jack comes in because he is this person who can bridge all of these kind of personality traits and gaps, whereas Norrington and Will are more structured and they don't always see that kind of stuff.
0: Right. And even when Will jumps on and when they jump on the ship and he's all I have asked.
1: You yeah, know, that's, that's still right. his
0: rash personality uh-huh. coming out. He's just jumping out without actually thinking of what's what he's doing.
1: Yeah, it's, you know. it's one side or the other is what we're seeing here, yeah. these, these kind of poles. They're not in the middle. They're always on no. one side or yeah. the other. And this is actually Manichaeism, or more accurately, like Neo-Manichaeism, which is a description of philosophies. And it's this idea that, well, I guess I should say idea or belief that everything is either black or white. So we have Will and Norrington ascribing themselves to pirates as bad and not good, then we have the counterbalance of this philosophy and Jack. And like we said, he's in this gray zone. So he's not purely black. He's not purely white. And he can be in any shade that he needs to at that particular time, whatever serves him the most. And we saw this with his description of Will's father, but even his character displays this idea, you know, when we see Jack. So Will is saying that your father was a good man and a good pirate uh-huh. is, is where I was going with that. But then his character also has that idea we don't really know who he is. We're constantly going back and forth or living in this middle ground world with Jack Sparrow. And by that I mean Jack is this pirate so he steals, he makes dubious deals, he finds loopholes and he's self-serving, but then again he rescued Elizabeth. Right. That wasn't something that was going to benefit him necessarily. No. And Well,
0: it didn't benefit him.
1: Well, it didn't turn out to benefit. He no. thought it it possibly could have if they had if Norton hadn't been so black or white. Right. He would have let him go, but he wasn't. And so Jack really is like this hero of the story that the audience is rooting for. And it's fairly interesting because he he does move between good and bad worlds here. Right. And if we really wanted to map things out on a line, we'd have Barbosa on the black end. If we wanted to look at black and white, Norrington and Will, the white end. And then you'd have Jack kind of moving between all of those worlds yeah. along that whole line. Occupying all the points in between A and B is where he'd be. <laughs> Right.
0: When Jack is talking about William Turner, you actually get the feeling that he actually cares for him. You know, he has great respect for William and he just, he cares about the guy.
1: Really? I don't know. I mean, maybe. Yeah, I think it's interesting. I, I don't know where I stand with that because it's, it, yeah, I don't really know where I stand with that and why Will is Or why Jack is really so in this mentor capacity. I think we've talked about Jack being kind of a mentor before. But he really is taking that role of being a mentor. Or maybe he sees Will as potentially not just a blacksmith apprentice. But an apprentice that could be a pirate or a good pirate that follows in his father's footsteps. That Jack could trust. Because obviously we're getting the feeling that Jack knew Will's father. In a light that was completely different than other pirates that he knew him best, and maybe considered him a friend.
0: Yeah, and had- so we don't
1: have all the backstory of what happens or in future movies yet, but we do see that that Jack has that respect for Will's father, and therefore wants to have respect for Will. I think maybe that's where. Well, you're that, going with that
0: well, I was actually saying that he has respect for Bootstrap. Yeah, you know he he really cares for Bootstrap. Well, say Bootstrap, so I don't confuse you. So he really cares about Bootstrap. He called him by his name and not by his nickname. And I think he has great respect for him. Oh, I thought you were talking about William No, Will I was Turner. talking about William That's Turner. why you... Okay. I know. That's why I said I'll call him Bootstrap. Yeah, okay. So I think he, I feel that... I get the feeling that he has great respect for him. And that he really cares about him.
1: Yeah, for definitely for Bootstrap. And yes. I think that that's maybe carrying over for... His patience with Will and trying to maybe extend some of his philosophical ideas onto Will and have a teaching mentoring moment for our young Will Turner here. Right. Because I don't think he would normally do that for just anybody, but because he does have that respect for Bootstrap, he's trying to convey some niceties and not just, you know, as he could have dropped Will off the boom into the ocean. He really needs him to come along with him. Well, he
0: needs him to be able to get get the boat into... I mean,
1: I'm not saying he's going to change his plans, (laughs) but he is trying to say, hey, okay, I'm going to extend you some courtesy here is essentially how far I'm going to say that is maybe courtesy to Will. Because Jack then goes on to say, the only rules that really matter are these, what a man can do and what a man can't do. And this is a black and white statement. In reality, you have... What you can do and what you can't do. Yeah. But I think it's something Will can understand then. And this statement can open up a whole other can of worms in a debate on philosophy other than Manichaeism that we are talking about. So I don't know if we really want to get more into the nastiness of debating philosophy here. So... How about I just sit back and let you drive the show then? (laughs) neither one of us
0: are philosophy majors. So you know what? (laughs) I probably shouldn't really get into Jack isn't
1: either, but he's doing a pretty good job of (laughs) telling Will what's going on and what you can do and what you can't do. And those are the rules to live by, which is pretty cool. And he's trying to just basically get the point across to Will. Your father was a pirate. I knew him, but he was also a good man. And you're thinking of things too hardly or too harshly, and just when you come to maybe accept that he is a pirate, hopefully that you still will have that respect for your father and love and adoration that you have now for him. That you thought when he was a merchant seaman, even if when he the reality comes that he's a pirate, that you'll still have that same affection for him. Yeah,
0: thinking he's a respectable man. Yeah, that's right. Who obeyed the law, you know? Well, pirate obeying the law, but still. That whole philosophical line came up again when Will tells Jack, you didn't beat me, you ignored the rules of engagement in a fair fight, I'd kill you. And then Jack responds, that's not much of an incentive for me to fight fair, is it?
1: Yeah, that is. It really does talk about this Manichaeism idea of philosophy, the whole black and white. So Will, and we were talking about this too, Is really regimented in the engagement and the rules and this is the code of conduct and this is how you operate. You can only operate within this small sphere. Whereas Jack, that's why he wins. That's why he can escape crazy situations with the help of others as we know. Yeah. Because he can move about. He's like a ghost. He moves about along that whole line that we were talking about. Whereas Will is only in this small bubble. So... Will is constrained by fighting fair. That's why he will never win against Jack unless he decides to move out of that comfort zone in that white zone of the bubble. Right. Because Jack can move in and out. He can throw the cocoa powder dirt soot on Will uh-huh. to distract him when he's sword fighting and get the upper hand. He can jibe the ship and make the boom come across and hit Will off guard and put him in a space because he is willing to not fight fair. He's willing to do whatever it takes. He comes back to those two rules, what a man can do and what a man can't do. He's willing to do what it takes to make sure he stays on top. Whereas Will is constrained to that small what's right bubble. Right. And that's what Norrington is also constrained with. Maybe not in the what's right aspect of a fair fight, but probably. Yeah. But his mental idea is constrained jack is a pirate he's a buffoon he's a moron right that's why he doesn't take the extra precautions to say we're going to leave a skeleton crew on board enough that could repel borders if we need to that would prevent somebody from stealing the interceptor we're going to make sure that a guard is posted at the freaking jail yeah when it's left and not do that even though there's other things so he is constantly underestimating jack Because he is constrained in his mental black and white abilities to not see that Jack can move freely about all these different levels. That's why he can get the upper hand. That's why he always comes out on top and can see two or three moves ahead. Uh He knows that they're constrained by their morals, this whole idea. Yeah. Yeah. And the way they live in society. And he can capitalize on that. He goes, if I do this, then they will do that. It's this whole chess game thing that we were talking about right. before. He can the read them. Yeah. He reads them he, like a book. And yeah. he just makes he appropriate knows, decisions how to capitalize on that. Knows
0: exactly where they're going to go. What they're going to do. And so he can change everything because he knows.
1: That's right. And so it really makes an interesting character for Jack Sparrow. And that's why we like him. Because he's not overtly black like Barbosa, Even though we do like Barbosa for different reasons. Yes. As being a really cool character. Jack is that lovable person that we hope wins and we root for because he does, he he is actually kind of a personification of, I think, what maybe most people want to be. Right. Most people don't want to be constrained and they want to be able to do that. Or you often will envy those people. You can see that guy driving down the the shoulder when you're stuck in traffic and you go, that damn son of a bitch (laughs) is just driving there. God, I wish I had the balls to do that, (laughs) to get on my way. You know,
0: you're like... But if I do, that cop's going to be right behind me. Because that guy won't get stopped
1: by a cop. But as soon as I get in there, I'm going to be pulled over. So Jack is that guy who drives down that lane. Not
0: worrying about it. Not
1: worrying about it. The carefree, I'm going to do it. If I get nabbed, the other hundred times I've done it, I haven't. It's paid off. And if I get nabbed once, okay. That's Jack. That's why we secretly hate him. That's why we also secretly love him. Because... He's getting away with what we all would hope to do. And you can imagine if everybody operated like that, though, there'd be mass chaos. It'd be like driving into the streets of India or something where you see cars (laughs) everywhere and there's no rules or anything. So you have to have that and you have to have people in the society in, in functioning that way. But those who are willing to just step outside that, they can capitalize on that because they know most people are going to follow those rules. Right. Otherwise, you just dive into chaos. You know, it's like <laughs> escape from New York or some kind of crazy prison city. But that's why it works. And that's why we can like Jack, even though maybe we don't like some of the things he does. because Because right. he, he's that... Man, I wish I would be able to do that or I could do that. Yeah. And then you secretly like it because everybody has those small moments where you do something like that or hopefully you do. And you go, maybe not to something that's going to harm somebody, right. but to that extent. And you go, yeah, I just, all right, there you go. I just felt better. <laughs> I, you know, it's like I just skipped ahead in the Starbucks. <laughs> line. I'm like, I'm a pirate today. You know?
0: <laughs> yep.
1: Or they just gave me a discount on something by accident and I didn't deserve it or I didn't have the coupon. I'm a pirate, you know, it's those little wins and then you can be your pirate for the day. That's my philosophy for today. So it's weird. We have this Manichaeism show. Yesterday, it was all about sword sharpening and laughs and craziness. And then today we're talking high society and philosophy. You know, talk about polar opposites. People are tuning in the show going, who who are we going to get today? These people are schizophrenic. They're really serious. They're talking about philosophy what the hell with this Manichaeism black and white stuff? And then the other day, they're so lowbrow humor about sword sharpening and going blind. Who are these people? Because we're Jack Sparrow. That's why we don't bend to the rules. Nope. We operate along that whole thing.
0: Yes. We're all over the That's place. That's why we're
1: Pirates of the Caribbean Minute.
0: Arr! That's
1: right. That's why you're all listening here, because you want to be pirates. (laughs) We all want to be pirates now, especially since I just told you, you know, if you run the lane, Pirates of the Caribbean Minute does not endorse breaking traffic rules. (laughs) That lawyer tapped me on the shoulder, so (laughs) I had to say that. But if you are, yeah, you're secretly a pirate. (laughs) So send us your pirate moments for the day, and we'll go ahead and tell everybody and share with everybody how you are a pirate for the day By just cheating the rules a little bit. Bending them, if you will. That's all I got. Unless you got something.
0: I just want to mention one more thing. Jack, he's sitting here annoyed at Will with his conversation. Because he really doesn't want to have this conversation with Will. He doesn't want to totally be Will's buddy. Because he's got plans for him. But Jack, even though he's annoyed with Will. Even though he's dealing with all this that he doesn't choose to. He's rolling his eyes and just like this. But if you really look at him, he's so comfortable out there that's where jack belongs oh, is yeah. on the ocean he's completely comfortable he's at peace that's like his
1: his main cave
0: yeah you know that's where he goes to find uh-huh. peace is on the ocean, and you can completely see it here. He's in his element. He's doing what he loves to do. He's on the ocean, just free as a bird.
1: Land lubber, he is not. Yeah, A
0: sparrow. Right.
1: Oh, man, I think (laughs) I had that in my note for the next minute. (laughs) Dang it, woman!
0: And he's completely calm and just totally comfortable.
1: I think that's a lot of people who are kind of these seamen or nautical, navy-type people that... Or even captains of fishing vessels and things. They are really so comfortable out there. More it,
0: comfortable on yeah, water, the than sea land. than they are in land. Yeah. yeah. It's where they belong. It's it's how they live and
1: That's right. Yeah. Well, on that cheery note, we'll be back tomorrow with minute 51 of the curse of the black pearl on the Pirates of the Caribbean minute. Until then, and this is a good lesson for all of us, let's keep the horns swoggling to a minimum. But you got to have a little bit. That's why I always say minimum. Because I don't want you not to have a little cheating or bending the rules going on. But let's just keep it to a minimum.
0: Now let's get Scott some grog.
1: Thanks for joining us on Pirates of the Caribbean Minute. Have something to say? Then give us a call at 8637-PIRATE. If you like the show, then do us a favor and leave a review on iTunes. We'd appreciate it, matey. You can also contact us at podcast at blackpearlminute.com. We just might feature your questions and comments on future episodes. Visit us online at blackpearlminute.com. You can also find us on facebook.com slash Pirates of the Caribbean Minute, twitter.com slash Men, and on soundcloud.com slash Pirates of the Caribbean where we post additional content, have post-episode discussions, and share our favorite show clips. Now see you next time, scallywags.